the never-ending story. Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we revisit things from your childhood and crush any lingering hopes you might have that they were any good. My name is DJ. This is Damon. What's up, Damon? Hello. What up? How's it going? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Before we get into the podcast proper, I have a couple things to talk to you about. One in particular. So this podcast is not... We're looking for a new co-host. We've been... We've had an open talent search, <laughs> and good news, no one comes close. <laughs> I don't like the way you wear your headphones. Regardless, we're going, with, we're going in a new direction. <laughs> um, no, so somewhat recently, since our last recording, uh, I had my wisdom teeth. Oh, yeah. Removed from my head. Part of your skull. Out. Gone. Did they let you keep them? Oh, you know, I didn't ask. I should They didn't let me keep mine either. I have them on a, on a necklace. I don't know if you saw my necklace of... Teeth, <laughs> yeah, that I'm wearing. They clink a little. I keep them under the shirt, so you don't right. see them. You don't want to. Um, but because of that, you know, for a few days, I ate soft foods, mm. and I revisited. This podcast is not just about TV shows and movies, but also anything, dentistry. Anything we experience, and well, you know, you can talk about your wisdom tooth experience. But <laughs> I had uh uh. ABCs with meatballs. Um, what are you saying? What is that? Chef mean? Boyardee. Oh, okay. Canned food. That is that, a very soft food. They like their spaghetti. Not very toothsome, I would well, say. I'll tell you, it's not El Dente. That's for sure. <laughs> to the tooth. To the tooth. Because you don't have as many teeth. That's right. probably why. That's why. It's a good choice. So I was a very uh, prodigious eater of dinosaurs with meatballs when yeah. I was a young buck. Uh, with way too much craft uh, Parmesan cheese on it as well, but I didn't do that this time. I think that's only for the best. But I revisited it uh, when I was feeling a little bit more than applesauce, a little bit more than cottage cheese, but not quite real person food. I was like, I'm going to have some shit where fucking D. <laughs> what you couldn't have said when you were a kid. Right, exactly. Because you I sort of mumbled it when your mom was I didn't looking. know how to insert the word fucking into things when right. I was little. That was a more recent technology, yeah. cursing technology. That came MIT. Out, I think early 2000s is when. Yeah, MIT finally cleared the finally, way for interword well, cursing. The, the patent, you know, ran out and so there mm-hmm. was uh, Anyway, uh, the Earl of Sandwich actually invented it. <laughs> He was originally the Earl of Sand Fucking Witch. <laughs> uh, Chef Boyardi. Um, <laughs> now, so a lot of foods. Now, I'm okay. So I'm not necessarily a very uh, picky eater, but I am, you know, I'm very opinionated on the things I eat. Isn't that the definition then of a picky eater? No, because I think I'll, I'll You'll at, eat anything, but I'll, you've got opinions about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that's just being a little bit, you know, chubby. I'll just just go ahead and throw. Yeah, first I'll eat it, and then I'll be like, I didn't like. That. I didn't think that was very good. You had three cans of it. But Chef Boyardee dinosaurs with meatballs specifically was one of the things that I would like. Uh, you know, I'll only have this for a while. So I'm know? assuming. Sorry, not to derail or uh, you know go off on a footnote here. Yeah. But so that I am assuming there was a spaghetti with meatballs. 
And then yeah. you just mentioned alphabets with meatballs. Yeah. And now you're talking about dinosaurs with meatballs. It's they have all kinds. It's basically just different shapes with uh-huh. the same shit. You know, it's kind of like Taco Bell. It's just <laughs> the same ingredients. We've got tomato soup, chicken <laughs> yeah, tomato exactly. soup. We got some pasta and in overcooked shapes. pasta. What do so we I got? think you know, it's like SpaghettiOs was was Franco American. It's not Chef Boyardee, but it's the same idea. I think SpaghettiOs was probably one of the first ones. But Chef Boyardee had all these different kinds of things. But dinosaur, for whatever reason, probably because I like dinosaurs, dinosaurs with meatballs were my mm-hmm. jam. I did not have those this time. I had, I think, ABC, whatever the equivalent was. And letters aren't bad. Let me tell I you. I like letters. Uh, it was pretty delicious. Um, I wouldn't say it was gourmet. I would not, uh, you know, recommend it above anything else. But revisiting as, a, as an adult, I thought, like, I'm going to try this, but I'm not going to care for it. I liked it. I um It's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You're like, yeah, that's delicious. Why Well, I mean I I don't have my mom never had Chef Boyardee in the house. And I yeah. remember going to Gerald Guzak's house. Um another person with a crazy old person name that I knew <laughs> from my he was Gerald Guzak. He was eighty eight years old. <laughs> he was he my sounds age. Like he's in your bridge club. He sounds like he has stories about the depression. I was to playing tell you Shuffleboard with Gerald what was his last name? Guzak. Guzak. That also sounds like a racial slur. He also sounds like a character, possibly from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Zaphoid Beeblebox and Gerald Guzak. Guzak. Um, what? Oh, so he, I remember he would... Your have, mother banned salt. He had very wisely. much... <laughs> he had very, very 80s foods like Chef Boyardee. Yeah. And I remember one time eating it at his house. And even then, as a child snobbing, what the fuck is this? <laughs> It like tasted like tomato soup. Yeah. And the noodles were like just mush. Yeah. And the meat tasted I think he actually had the the beef ravioli. Yeah. And I remember finding that um disgusting. I was like, why is all this brown meat just pouring out of Yeah, it doesn't stay together very overly well, cooked ravioli. ravioli. Well it's one of those and things. The sauce is like orange. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you wouldn't compare Chef Boyardee pasta to like pasta. actual pasta. <laughs> You'd compare it to like other canned meals. And sure, you'd be like, okay. This is pretty good. Now, All at right. the time, now, as a child, who knows what I was eating, whatever uh, my parents gave me, but, uh, you know, now I was eating applesauce, cottage cheese. Right, now, today. Things that are good, but that are, you know, work. Yeah, are not, you know, quite as hearty as even the the vaguest pasta-ish kind of thing. So anyway, that's neither here nor there, but it's something from my childhood. You want us to do an episode on Chef Boyardee? I think I already did it. I think we just did it. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't get to eat Chef Boyardee. I like salt. I mean, I've already said that I don't like Chef Boyardee, but I'm saying that... uh, I'll tell you what, for the next recording, get yourself a can. And just heat it over a fire. Don't pop the can in the microwave. No, no, Put it in a bowl. Yeah. You're going to want to cover that because it starts to pop. Oh. Yeah. Well, you, you didn't cook, cook it, it in the stovetop? No. Okay. I probably should. Should I get one of those tall cans? I remember Gerald Guzak having one of those tall cans tall of Chef Boyardee. Like a tall can. A tall boy? Of yeah. Boy? Of, uh, like, a, like a can like this oh, that yeah. his mom would use over and over and over again oh. when he was like, I don't like meatloaf. Maybe that wasn't Gerald <sighs> Guzak as much as Martin Lewis. Martin Lewis? Also known as Martin and Lewis. You grew up. In a Florida retirement home. <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> you grew up with Jerry Seinfeld's parents. Um, 
So <laughs> the movie Morty, today, Morty Lewis. Actually, Morty. I just remembered it was Morty Lewis. <laughs> Morty. Today, though, That's, I got no joke. Just yelling the name. Morty. Morty. Today we watched the never ending story. Mm hmm. Now. Interesting fact about this personal now that I've shared a hundred anecdotes before we've even started the episode. <laughs> I have never actually seen this movie before today. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of an interesting scenario. This is the first time that I have seen the uh, thing. This is a part of my childhood, but not part of yours. I think. Right. Yeah. So go ahead and tell me what your relationship. Tell me about what you remember from it before you're seeing it. Um, sure. Uh, well, I remember. Tell me. Go on. <laughs> Well, I think I remember it when my mom was yelling at me once when I was a kid. Um, the what I this actually this movie holds a very special place in my heart of all body parts. <laughs> but uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But Ooh. I remember this is one of those movies, and I'm sure everyone has one of those movies where I I was saying when we started the movie, like I have seen the beginning of this movie twice <laughs> and the ending 345 times. Like it's one of those <laughs> movies I've caught on HBO or I've caught on cable. Yeah. The ending of it, the last 45 minutes every time. And I've like, I, I think actually just earlier this year, they had it as a movie in the park. And oh. I went, oh, yeah, Gerald McCraney's in this movie? <laughs> like, I had no idea. Because he's only in the first scene. Gerald McCraney is the dad. father. Major dad. Okay. Yeah. Simon and Simon. Simon and Simon. One half of Simon. <laughs> he's a Simon. Simon. Yeah. He is a Simon. Yeah. Um, Not the chipmunk. <laughs> right. My favorite chipmunk, I might add. Not surprising. Glasses. Smart. Yeah. Exhausting to be around. Simon. <laughs> um, he's a Donatello of the chipmunks. Alvin's more exhausting to be yeah. around. Why do you get? And I remember as a kid, I was confused. Is he also a chipmunk? Because it's Alvin and the chipmunks. And so there was a brief period where I thought that Alvin was a kid who just wore a shirt that was too long for him, and the rest of them were actual. Even though his face was like exactly the same. I mean, I was just I was trying to what an idiot. I was trying to make sense (laughs) of the logic of why he was Alvin and they were just the chipmunks, not realizing like that's how bands. It's like yeah, it's like Diana Ross and the Supremes. Right when you're like they were the Supremes. Weren't you just the Aren't you is she supreme? not supreme? Are you saying that Diana Ross isn't supreme? Come on. If anyone's supreme in that trio, yeah. it's Diana Ross. Yeah, it should be the supreme. No, never mind. Now, anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, you right. We were talking about the topic some at hand. old person that you whose house used to go to. <laughs> so is that Morty Finkelstein's? <laughs> um, no, so, so it was one of those movies for me. But also it holds another special place in my heart where... As a young faggot, <laughs> seeing a boy Sir. like Atreyu in the movie, the the one of the protagonists is named Atreyu, the and he increasingly shirtless Atreyu, increasingly shirt. But the weird thing about it, watching it as a you know thirty three year old man now, I'm like, oh, I feel very uncomfortable because I have these residual nostalgic feelings about Atreyu, and then like I'm an adult looking at this. It's gonna be like what, when twelve we, year if, old kid. If we rewatch My Girl and I'm <laughs> picturing like twelve right. year old Anna Chlumsky, and I'm like, I don't want to watch sorry, this anymore. I think I've made a grave mistake. <laughs> but yeah, for a, for a you know nine year old Damon Xanthopoulos watching a twelve year old Atreyu who is like just wearing like a leather pelt uh, yeah. throughout the entire movie that gets more and more open as the story goes along, 
it was very and watching it this time i was like oh my god put a shirt on yeah come on <laughs> slut it's cold out slut shaming slut shaming a treyu yeah well he was asking okay anyway. <laughs> oh, you're a horrible person yeah so that was it was was it like formative for you or was it I, just I mean like, I don't think it was formative but I remember like watching this movie and being like yeah. tickled in the loins yeah tickled in the <laughs> the loin area <laughs> but also not to the point where I recognized what was going on right. I just remember yeah. being like oh that movie's on again oh there's a tray you hey a tray you yay I guess I'll watch it I guess I'll watch this movie yeah. again so the only thing before today that I really knew so it, the only references like I think I might have I like totally missed the boat on this as a kid. Like, I don't know. I didn't have like a bunch of friends that were watching it and I was like, Oh, I'll get around to it. Like I it just didn't register with me for whatever reason. It was a little, I was a little old or uh, young for it. Yeah. Cause it came out in 84. I feel like it's one of those movies that doesn't come up. It's not like it's people like, this is my favorite movie, but if you yeah. reference it, people are like, oh, yeah. yeah. So for whatever reason, maybe it's just cause my sister wasn't into it and mm-hmm. she would have been the one that, cause she's a few years older. And than I think me. my brother was into it probably yeah. for the same reasons that I was into sure. it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, which would have made sense that my sister was into it, you know, but, uh, I, I missed it. So the only references I knew, the first one ever was, um, uh, my, my roommate in college, Jacob Grimm, um, would try to quote the, uh, these used to be good, strong big hands. hands. Big, strong hands. Yeah, that's whatever. one that Laura, a mutual friend of yeah. Jacob's, would also quote to me. And I don't know why. We thought it was funny because he he couldn't get through the voice without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first reference. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but that's funny. Yeah. Um, and then uh, someone named my car is a white Honda. So they named it Falcor, the Luck Dragon. Uh, which I get now. No, yeah. I mean, I had seen the the dragon thing. Dog All you need to thing. know to get it is there's a character that's a white dragon in Never End yeah, Story named exactly. Falcor. Exactly. Your car is white. Yeah. Hence. Yeah, it wasn't I, too super deep. I had a similar thing like you had with Jacob with my friend Cody in college where um, we would quote the uh, childlike princess at the end of the movie where we would just stare at each other and go, Bastion, please <laughs> say my name. Which is such a, this movie is full. The plot of this movie is so ridiculous that it has earnest lines like that yeah. throughout it entirely. So well, for anybody that hasn't seen it, like me, we'll do a quick sum up. Uh, <laughs> I guess I think you had to do the last one, so I'll do this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you so, want to handle this one, that'd be great. Yeah. So uh, basically, there's a there's a kid, Bastian. Bastian. Uh, which ba- I Bastian, uh, according to the the Wikipedia article I read uh, thoroughly, um, Bastian Balthazar Bucks is his yeah. name. I wonder why he gets picked on at school. <laughs> Poor bastard. He also takes a briefcase to school, so he's kind of asking for it. I didn't really realize that was his name until way, way later. Well, yeah, Bastian, I think, is the only thing they call him. But uh, looking yeah. it up in the book, the original German book, his name is Bastian Balthazar. Bastian, ba- Bastian. Bastian, which is a name I can't say, like the word soup, without sounding like the gayest man, without sounding like Liberace in like full ermine cape and, you put and the rings. Bast- it's Bastian. Bastian. You, hey, Bastian, you coming out doing so, the ripping the trunk out of the ground with ba- the truck? That's the straightest thing I could. Then get, having sex with a woman. Get the winch, wench. Um, <laughs> so 
uh, Bastion is a, a nerdy little kid, uh, and they set it up as he's getting picked on by kids. He likes reading books. His dad is one of the Simons, uh, <laughs> and he's like, oh, stop reading. It's bad. We should have had Gerald McCraney. If anyone could sound straight while saying Bastion, it would be Gerald McCraney. Yeah. Bastion. Always the uh, the balding man with mustaches always can pull off the weight. What? Anyway, um, so <laughs> he... Uh, Actually makes him sound more gay. Yeah, wait. Okay, so anyway, uh, Bastion's sort of getting picked on at school and, and uh, getting thrown in a dumpster, and so he... Repeatedly, poor bastard. Yeah, so he kind of, um, he retreats into stories and likes stories, but one time on the way, he's on the way to school... Well, he's he, running from his oh, yeah. uh, his tormentors. He's running from the bullies, and he stops in this little shop, a bookstore, and the owner eventually reluctantly... Uh, reluctantly with a wink because he actually wants the kid to read it because he's a... Well, Bastion steals the book, but you realize that the owner wanted him to steal wanted the to book. Wanted to steal it. Oh, yeah. Well, um, it's one of those weird things where you're like, wait, what? So uh, anyway, so Bastion uh, gets to school late with the book and decides to skip class because there's a math test. He's not, he's not been doing so well in math. Goes up to the weirdest attic... Of the school, that it's he like has a Maleficent's key to. castle is above this there's a, elementary there's school. There's a skull. There's beakers from the 1800s. There's a, a stuffed wolf's head that falls on him at one point. All in the attic of the school. It must be from the theater department. Maybe he's in the theater department. I would want to be part of that theater department. That's pretty pretty badass. So he holds up there all day and is reading this book, and he's sucked into the story. And uh, the story is about. Uh, this crazy fant- fantasy land with creepy ass Muppets, just like any th- any fantasy story you saw in the eighties, where they're like, "Hey, let's put some Muppets in this shit." <laughs> uh, and they, I forgot to look if they were actual like Jim Henson. Yeah, creations. I don't know if they're Muppets registered trademark or if they're you know Jim, not Jim Henson, just your um, generic marionette puppets, right? Um, but they are terrifying, that's for sure. <laughs> Which yeah. is, is a theme of '80s fantasy movies. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll we'll get to Labyrinth in a later episode, I'm sure. <laughs> Which does have trademark oh, Muppets. Yeah. Um, also, Dark Crystal. Also. I don't understand, like, why it's so creepy. Um, I think it's. I think part of it registers in that Uncanny Valley yeah. area where it's like, you know, that episode of Thirty Rock where Kenneth keeps seeing everyone as Muppets, and then you see. The Liz Muppet, she sort of schlumps away, and then yeah. it cuts to real life Liz, and she's walking the same yeah. way, and you realize how unnatural it is when Muppets walk. <laughs> yeah. They're just sort of like hopping deliberately. <laughs> uh, so, you know, now I'm picturing that, and that's funny and not terrifying. <laughs> right. Well, so. it is supposed to be It's funny. all in the delivery. To 30 Rock's uh, credit. Uh, also, the latest... I saw the most recent Muppet movie the other day, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that yet. The Muppets Most funny. Wanted? I liked it. Yeah. Um, recommended yeah I'd I'd recommend it two uh, thumbs no that's our no trademark Uh, two star nope two stars up anyway um, so he's reading this book and we escape it in this fantasy land where um, there's many terrifying creatures Uh, they're trying to escape (laughs) but not meant to be terrifying yeah charming yeah they're they're kind of friendly and dopey and then there's a tornado kind of thing coming after everything they're calling it the nothing because when it takes over there's nothing left there's no uh i don't know um and so uh they're trying to escape and then eventually the king guy who's the <laughs> well green he's lantern not the king guy. uh the green lantern guy uh yeah. 
Kind of looks like a Klingon Danny Glover. Yeah. Uh, he informs us that the Empress is sick and she right. is dying. The Empress, and whatever we haven't she met. has, right? Yeah. We haven't met her. Whatever she has, because people come to the Empress to seek help about the num- nothing. We find out she's sick, and whatever she has is somehow linked to the nothing. There's a big. It was a very. Uh, it was a scene that. Ex- expected us to trust them very much because we were supposed to assume okay there's only one thing that can stop the nothing and whatever it is also can help the princess and also this boy atreyu can save us and also he has to leave all his weapons he can't take them with him and i was like where did you get this information sir why can't he take weapons with him it's really weird it reminds me a little bit in the most distant sense of like if you ever watch uh any episode of the show 24 where they're like He's like, we have to kill him and then take this helicopter there. It's the only way. <laughs> right. Like, you just came up with that. How do How you know? How can it literally be the, the only, only way? way. Uh, but the same thing, yeah, the, Atreyu is the hero He's of chosen by the princess. Yeah. You're actually conflating him now with Link from ah, Legend yes, of Zelda. That's right. Atreyu isn't necessarily the hero of time, but he is chosen by the Empress to do this. And they give him... And he, the, his job is to find a cure, and what their, their task is... Well, here's the door. Find a cure. Here's a necklace. Go find it. He gives him this necklace uh, with a medallion made of snakes or something. Not real snakes. It's called the Auron. Which is supposed to mean something, which we don't really know in the movie, but apparently in the book it... In the book, apparently it it protects him. It it keeps him from harm. Yeah. So, uh, and then off he goes. And then... uh, he loses his horse in the swamp of sadness. Now, don't gla- glaze over that, because I know it didn't affect you much, but it is one of those moments that if you ask someone about this movie, yeah. it's like, oh, the horse scene. Yeah, when the horse, he doesn't even like, though I lose do, his horse. He, right. like, the horse like sinks in, in the, the swamps mud. of sadness, it's a sad place, and if you give in to the sadness around you, you start to sink into the mud of the swamp, and that's what happens to his horse, and you sort of his, watch this horse get sucked into the mud while he's screaming, trying to save it. And unfortunately, his horse didn't have enough stick to or something. <laughs> you know what that horse needed to do? What? Pull himself up by his bootstraps. Yes. <laughs> There's a couple things that I don't someone, sit around moping. Yeah, I guess collecting I'll give my, money from the government. Oh, oh, what? Something happening? Okay. No, nope. um, I was talking. I was Republican government. talking points. That's okay. what you heard. You were like, something's wrong with these. What? Happened? All of a sudden, <laughs> you microphones. Republican. So I'll, I'll reserve my opinions for once we're done recapping. But uh, so. The tragic uh, horse losing thing, and then uh, <laughs> there was an eye roll in that tone. I could hear it. Rescued from. So, was it that, or he's rescued by a Falcor at some point? Well, he is, but he meets Mo- Mola, which is a turtle. Oh, right. Very, very turtle funny first. turtle. Yeah. And then he, eventually he is rescued by, she's not attacking him, but he has to leave yeah. uh, through the swamps again, and he gets I really did sad like and the Falcor. giant tortoise. I yeah. did. Yeah. That was actually a pretty good uh, puppetry as well. Like, not necessarily the lip moving was still I would still say weird. it was, the lip moving was still weird and arbitrary, but it was but the, closer to what she was saying rather than Falcor, who's just, his mouth opens and he says like right. a six paragraphs of dialogue <laughs> and then his mouth closes again. But the, the tortoise actually looked like a tortoise. That was the, that's what I mean. Like the depiction, I mean, it was oh, a giant, uh-huh. like, you know, penis coming out of a hill. Yeah. That's what shaped. she looked like. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of what tortoises, tortoises look like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, eventually, uh, Falcor comes, uh, out of nowhere and he doesn't know who he is, but he saves Atreyu and then, uh, um, he's on top of some mountain somewhere all of a sudden. Well, yeah, he takes him to the Southern Oracle, which can tell him where Oh, well, you cure. skipped some stuff here. Did I? You oh. skipped the, the, the two people, the... Uh, oh, the little, witch and the the, uh, the gnomes, the little gnome people. Gnome, yeah. 
they help him find something. Uh, he well, has they, to go through the gates right, of the Sphinx. To get to the Southern Order. He has to have confidence or yeah. he'll get laser-eyed. Uh, and they see some knight in armor get laser-eyed, so we know mm-hmm. it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. Now um, we know the awesome power of this thing Southern Oracle means gate. something. So he gets through it actually by just not having confidence but running. This gate is um, fully operational. <laughs> I know you kept talking, but I still wanted to do yeah, that. That's good. I liked right. it. That was a... Uh, the Cobra Commander, I think, is what you're doing. No, that was Emperor Palpatine. Oh, okay. Sorry. Very similar, actually. Yeah, I believe maybe maybe Emperor Palpatine started as Cobra Commander and like uh, got promoted, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Command- <laughs> Emperor's bigger than yeah. higher ranking. Yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with military rankings. Anyway. <laughs> so- is Emperor higher than Commander? <laughs> so is that a five-star Emperor? Or- <laughs> so uh, he makes it through the first gate, and then the second gate, he's uh, or is, uh, past the first uh, gate with the laser eyes, he sees a mirror. And then we see that instead of just a reflection of him, he actually sees Bastion, the boy who's reading right. The we story. start to realize that Bastion is that involved. The, in the other story. characters are slightly conscious of Bastion, yeah. being present in the story. When it happened in the in the scene with the tortoise as well, I forgot where he the he Bastion, cries out, no, he or screams something. when the tortoise pops out of her shell, and yeah. the, everyone stops and looks around, and so he realizes this, yeah, yeah, that he's becoming part of the story, and uh, so. Whew. So, um, is <laughs> looking in the mirror and, uh, the reflection is sort of morphing into Bastion and then he moves on at some point. He, so he's Atreus a little bit like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to move on. So, uh, he moves on to the next, oh, wait, no, that was the second thing. And then the, actual and then he gets Southern the actual Oracle. Oracle and she tells him how to cure the princess, which is give, give her, her a name, a name, which is vague, but, uh, but he's got more than he started with. That's so, true. So uh, he's like, cool, I'm out. Peace. Uh, and then what happened after that? I know he... Uh... Falcor, once again... Well, he's told that he has to have a human child named That's the right. princess. So he decides that he has to leave Fantasia. And then everything starts to crumble. Well, he decides to go Oracle. to the boundaries of Fantasia, but That's the problem right. is there are no boundaries to Fantasia. And they run right. into the nothing. Then he meets Gamork, which is that werewolf creature. Right. That is the servant of the nothing, which is trying to stop Atreyu you, from fulfilling his quest. You are much better at recapping <laughs> this than I am. So Gamork, uh, eventually, Gamork has been following Atreyu throughout the entire movie. He's sort of a black wolf-like yes. creature with green glowing eyes. And he's kind of scary. I remember being yeah. scared of him as a kid. But it's kind of, I mean, I don't want to, you know, put my two cents in too early. But it's kind of a lame-o battle at the end yeah. when they do meet up. Essentially, Gamork runs into Atreyu's knife, and it's over within a second. Their yeah. little fight, but not without some exposition about oh, yeah. what's going on. He lays the whole thing, except for it's really confusing. It's kind of like a Bond villain, where it's like, "Before I kill you, yeah. Mister Atreyu, I want you to know what's going on." It's also like a child wrote it because, anyway, we'll get to that later. But he he's he doesn't know who he is, but he knows that he's been following someone named Atreyu. But he doesn't realize that the person he's talking to is Atreyu, right? But he's going to kill him anyway. Yeah. And then he realizes he is, and then he's really going to kill him. Right. But then earlier he's like, don't come too close or I'll eat you. And it's like, well, wouldn't you want to Don't do you? Uh, isn't that your goal? Anyway. Um, so uh, he kills uh, Gam- Gamorica. And uh, what's his name again? Gamork. Gamork. Okay. Yeah. How ridiculous of me. G-M-O-R-K. Um, <laughs> ah, yes. 
And then uh, the nothing. Well, yeah, then the, the nothing is expanding too fast at that point. And yeah. uh, it's just Atreyu and Falcor. They're floating in Flighting, uh, kind of space. space. Oh, And hiccups. you see uh, pieces of the land of Fantasia like floating, like it's exploded. It's been kind of taken over by the nothing. And uh, then eventually, though, they spot the vagina tower, which is, what is the that? The Empress's Castle. Empress's Castle. Which looks very vaginal. Yeah. It's just basically like almost a hollowed out mountain that glows from within. Just a George O'Keefe painting. Yeah, it's just one to... big George O'Keefe <laughs> thing. Anyway, they, the Empress is still alive and they go and meet up with her and she, uh, they talk for a little bit and they're wondering why the boy won't say the name. And Bastion, meanwhile, while reading the story. starting to flip out. He's starting he's... to freak out because he's starting to realize they're talking about him. Yeah. And then eventually he screams, goes to the window and screams his dead mother's name into the into the ether, which is Moonchild. Moonchild, <laughs> which I did not understand. Right, and I think said. intentionally so. I think Wolfgang Peterson was chose to put as much foley art at work so that you couldn't necessarily hear how lame his mother's name is. Um, and then uh, he's able to save Fantasia essentially. Yeah, uh, kind of. And traumatize the hell out of some bullies. That's right. So he it kind of fixes Fantasia, and then also uh, uh, through uh, the Empress brings. Sorry, Moonchild. Empress. Empress Moonchild. Moon yeah, please address her by her proper name. Brings Bastion, our our you know reader character, uh, a our grain of sand. Hero. Yes, <laughs> a grain of sand from Fantasia. Which the last. I- part of fantasia is except that... for he he fixed it right so I don't, well anyway. he with that grain of sand he's able to right. repair fantasia with his with his imagination he can he can do whatever wishes he wants he can or the the grain of sand will grant him whatever wishes he wants so of course he wishes to terrorize the bullies with Falcor restore fantasia which is uh, philanthropic and then misanthropic he decides to horrifically traumatized those children that tormented him at the beginning of the movie. So yeah, he's chasing after them with Falcor. They jump in the dumpster. Everything's fine. Yep. And although it's not explained, like what were the citizens of uh, what I believe was Toronto thinking (laughs) when the flying, you know, fish dog was flying through the air? Well, maybe it helped restore their imaginations and therefore Ah. Fantasia. Except for that wouldn't be imagination. It was really there. You have to, there has to be faith. So Even there's... faith the size of a mustard seed or a grain of sand from Fantasia. So there, which is what was the original Bible verse? The oh, grain, grain of sand from Fantasia. Right. Fantasia. They had to, just for a mass Fantasia. audience, they had to be like, people are going to know what a mustard seed is more than this grain of sand from Fantasia from Neverending Story in German. So uh, there's a lot of like, uh, I don't know how deep the actual intent of the. Uh, sort of philosophical things were behind it. There's a lot of like really thinly veiled, like, uh, you thought they were veiled even? Well, no. yeah, they're not, they're not veiled at all. Obviously or there's bluntly a, stated. Yeah. There's things. the classic, like, uh, no one thinks like they used to. Right. So kids don't like imagination anymore. They like video games. Yeah. I don't know what character I was. I think I was doing the librarian just then. The well, and he kind of did. He was like, arcades down the street. We've got a bunch of old rectangles called books and they don't beep and buzz. I have books. I have 186 of them. Uh, okay. Direct lines for the movie. Um, yeah, uh, there, I, I would like to think of this as almost like, 
reading rainbow on steroids like yeah, this is like the basically. power of reading yeah. but um bam yeah it's like reading imagination but also um you know there's uh the the luck of the luck dragon I yeah believe in yourself meant. and believe luck yourself, will help or something having confidence Nothing. Good luck, kid. That's what I would say to Bastion and today. I'm like, yeah, keep wishing, kid. There's the nihilism of the the rock guy who's like, I'll oh, just let the nothing wash over me, which was a good quote or whatever he's saying. They used to be big, strong hands. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this was uh, slow. I'll say that for sure. At the uh-huh. beginning, it took a while. Um, and obviously, you know, it's hard because I also, because I, you know, I don't want to give anybody uh, too much slack, but, you know, kids' movies and the character development, you don't have to worry about that as much for kids to latch on sure. to something. They're, they're, they're like, oh, that kid's about my age. I'm into it. Or yeah. in your case, I'm attracted to that kid almost <laughs> my age. I'm With into his it. brown locks <laughs> uh, and shallow chest. But it's kind of weird that they just kind of, they ex- over-explain and then under-explain in the same well, I think- kind of... Thing. I think Bastion is well realized as a kid character. Like he's a very specific he's kid. I think his poorly mom's acted, dead. well realized. I thought he was actually better than a lot of. Act- I mean, he was he was a little. I mean, he was supposed to be mopey, and I yeah, and he was very he earnest. Yeah. He was a very earnest kid, which yeah. was overwhelming sometimes. <laughs> like when he decides while reading the book that he has to have a snack, he takes one bite of his peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and he goes, "No." We still have a long way to go. And then puts the peanut butter jelly sandwich down. I was like, kid, what the fuck? What? Psychotic. Um, but <laughs> kid, you are schizophrenic. <laughs> it's probably um, going to be fine. I would agree with you that rewatching it, um, I think you weren't really touched by the Artax scene when Artax dies, the horse dies. Well, let me tell you um, a couple things. So about the Artax of the horse and, uh, okay. So one thing that people are going to judge me on is that I don't really care about animals. I don't want them to die. Except but I, for turtles, which I do like which turtles. Which was good that it followed up immediately with a turtle. Yeah. Character. Thank you. But <laughs> I don't, I'm not like a psychopath that wants to like murder animals or something. I just don't like that. It's not a thing. You don't me. like drown kittens in your mouth. No, I don't. I mean, I burn them on, I burn them with fire, but <laughs> good. Uh, I no. just don't want their lungs to explode. No, I'm just, I'm, allergic and i find them annoying and so i don't want them around me and then so like okay oh you're heartless okay whatever but also i thought it was a kind of like a dick move to the horse mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that like made me not mad at the story but mad at the writer because i'm like so the swamp of sadness <laughs> is you can't let sadness overtake you or you'll sink in the in the, right. in, the in the swamp and so what what was the horse supposed to do? Believe in himself more? Yeah. Apparently understand English and also believe in yeah. himself. First of all, he's a German horse. Yeah. And he's a horse. And don't, you know, depression is... <laughs> if he is... did understand the language, it would have been German. <laughs> <laughs> depression is a serious illness and you can't just tell people to get better. Seriously. Um, I, 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 and I, I do love animals. And so yeah. the Artax scene, especially when I was a kid, really bothered me. But rewatching it now, I do agree with you where it's like... And when it happens in the movie, you've only seen Atreyu with the horse for maybe a scene. Yeah. 
It's not and, like very and then established. The, the like you see him sort of in like a very uh, Lord of the Rings sweeping you know helicopter shots across right. planes while they're riding, but you really only see one scene where they're sort of on on set and you know uh, you know the horse wakes a tray you up while he's sleeping. Yeah, and other than that, then it's right into the swamp of sadness and they kill that horse. So you never really grow to yeah. like, like the horse from a storytelling perspective. or understand how important the horse is to attract you right yeah there, it, you're just it, like oh my god i was thinking how are they lowering that horse into that mud <laughs> yeah it, it came a bit early to have a real impact even i or maybe not if i were like i loved every horse i saw or something but like for me if like if you were about, a girl that drew horses on her binder well if like if uh falcor at the end had sunk in a swamp i would have been sad you know what i mean because you had spent that much time like even as weird as his winking was oh. you would have been like oh falcor contributed the story i mean it's different because it's a talking kind of more sentient character sure but like at the same time like that's you know i i feel like it came early from a storytelling perspective to like have that sort of impact also the mm. fact that i'm heartless and don't like animals that didn't help um, but like, it was really strange. And also I thought just from having not seen it before that it was going to lead to Atreyu being sad and then therefore sinking in the mud. Cause well, why, he, why wasn't he sad by losing his horse? Well, he is sort of, it is weird. He, he is sad about losing his horse, but he doesn't sink into the mud then. Cause he doesn't, let he it... goes to see Morla. And when she tells him that it, his quest is essentially hopeless, he does start sinking into the mud right. and almost and gets eaten by Gamork, which I almost want to call Gronk. But who is Gronk? Why do I know that name? That's uh, Rob Gronkowski is a tight oh, end right. <laughs> for the New England Patriots. <laughs> and um, he is, and he is he related to Groot in any way? Yes. Groot, um, Gamork, and Gronk. I want to like have a so, house. Do you remember the the mini uh, Gronk at the end of the movie dancing? <laughs> uh, huge football fan, Damon Xanthopoulos. Yeah. Um, well, just when they're hot, like Gronk is, which is why I know his, well, gunk. in a really stupid way. Sure. Like, it seems like you could sort of trick him. He always seems like the uh, the bad guy in Rocky Four to me. Like, <laughs> Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. So He looks like he's had a few concussions. Yeah. Probably been hit in the face a few times. He looks like he probably drinks an unhealthy amount. Place for the NFL, he has definitely had some concussions. So, uh, the only other, there were some other things I didn't love about it. Like, but the only other really thing that stuck out to me was the uh, the villain Gr- Gronk at the end. Gamor, uh, Gr- Gronk, uh, <laughs> just kind of weirdly explaining, but not in a. It wasn't the sort of Bond villain esque thing because I, I kind of love that actually the right the monologuing the villain monologuing but it was more that he was like he wasn't it it was like written somebody who hadn't right by somebody who hadn't been reading the rest of the story it was like he needs to over explain the ending here and he's like well yes i was hunting someone who i clearly saw right many times but i don't know you know what I mean? It was like, well, it was that. It was the guy you were talking to. Well, no, to. he only saw him once and only just when Atreyu was falling into the mud. So I didn't. that didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. But it did seem a little bit like, I don't know, you know in Captain Planet when all the villains seem to want to pollute the Earth? Right. And then there's sort of like a dot, dot, dot where my brain goes like, why? And they just assume like you understand why. And yeah. that's how I feel with... Uh, Gronkowski is that I'm like so why do you want to destroy imagination because you are also an imaginative character but he so works not for really sure he mentioned that he works for 
not the he nothing, wor- he's, but he works he, for the people that he's a middle manager for the nothing. He yeah. works at Nothing Inc., which is <laughs> LLC, Nothing <laughs> LLC. It, I think I, it just became. I guess the metaphor became really heavy handed yeah. at that point, and I was yeah. like, Oh my god, I get it. I, I get, get it. it. We yes. should b- believe in things. <laughs> I got it. Reading I'll is ride fun. Shadow I get it. facts into the sunset. <laughs> All right. You got anything else you want to add? Well, I mean, I don't think we can talk about Neverending Story uh, without devoting a, a fair section. If we're going to talk about Gamork, especially, we need to talk about Falcor, the Luck Dragon. Sure. Who is sort of a, a savior in this? He's sort yeah. of uh, a savior. Once Artax is off the scene, Falcor, you know, who might have orchestrated it, I don't know, looking for oh, work. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he is essentially almost like a, a fish dog hybrid. He has scales on his back, but otherwise yeah. is furry. He's very dog face. And people fucking love Falcor. Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, we have a friend, we have a mutual friend, Jason Harris, who named his dog Falcor. And one time yeah. when I referred to Falcor as kind of child molestery, yeah. Jason Harris just sort of stared me down and just said, watch it, Damon. I was like, okay, all right. But Well, uh, watching this for the first time, not having any pre- really big con- preconceived notions, uh, I'm with you on that. He winks, and then there's that creepy scene after Falcor first rescues Atreyu. Atreyu is out, out cold for you know a few days. He wakes up in Falcor's arms yeah. and tries to sneak away. And Falcor goes, "Where are you going?" Trying he to talks sneak like away. Mr. Ed is the other thing, and uh, he just sort of uh, says, "Can you scratch behind my ear? Yeah. I just can't reach it." And then, you know, Atreyu, who I should reiterate is a live young boy <laughs> wearing just loosely fitted, you know, pelts, uh, starts scratching his ears and he goes, ah, ah, and his spot. tongue, his tongue starts wagging. It's all very weird. I'm sure it is not intentionally sexual, no, no, no. but it becomes very, uh, Falcor is almost a metaphor for a white windowless van. It. <laughs> a slithery a slithery scale covered fur covered windowless van it is kind of like a it's like falcor the great uncle you know what i mean like something your uncle would do would be like i like children come over here have a butterscotch and scratch my back would you you're kind of like ah i'm taking a bath and i just can't lather up my back <laughs> could tray you 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 don't quite as a as a kid, of course, you don't nothing that registers. You're like, oh yeah. Unless right. it is a trigger warning for you well, because of your great yeah. uncle, who is also oddly named Falcor. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> somebody's gonna wash over that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, as a, as a kid, it, it wouldn't register. But seeing it as an adult, you're kind of like, that's just weird. Back I, off, Falcor. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make him kind of lovable and and like he's a oh he's a kooky. But he, it's because in, that combined with the uncanny, like, winking and the winks, weird... He loves a good wink, and he his mouth isn't even remotely... I mean, I don't like picking on older movies because their special effects are bad, but yeah. um, I feel like... It seems like, like you do, mold, based on the well, <laughs> oeuvre of this po- <laughs> podcast. The fact <laughs> that we are in the title of the thing, calling our <laughs> v- listeners an idiot. Um, but he, his mouth isn't anywhere close to what yeah. he's saying. He was the worst uh, of, of the, the puppets. puppets. He is yeah. the worst. Yeah. Probably because he is so big. Right. Mo- Molra, yeah. or whatever her name is, uh, she's not too bad. 
Right. Gronk. <laughs> he's got a lot of weird was, arbitrary mouth movements. Yeah, he's moving his nose. Yeah, his nose is times. going up and down. I'm like, we have dogs. We know what dogs look like, and this is not working right. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, like, why don't you just use a feral wolf? <laughs> I just put peanut butter put on peanut his butter gums. Works every time. That's how Airbud was made. I don't know. I haven't seen that one. I don't think Airbud talks. I don't know. Put it on the list, though. We're covering We're going to cover that one. Obviously. Does anyone have Airbud as a part of their childhood? Although I, they made 27 Airbud movies. I think there's like my, a whole universe. There's like a Marvel Cinematic Universe of <laughs> Airbud. Where golden retrievers are playing every fucking sport you can imagine. And then I think later helping Santa with stuff. Sure. Well, yeah. The reindeers do it. But the uh Airbud I think has always been a punchline even when it came out <laughs> when I was a kid. Disney's like fuck it, just put it out. It's fine. It'll make so much money. What do we get? Parents just want their kids to shut up. They'll put it on. Shut It'll up be for fun. 90 minutes. Damn it. I mean, uh, I just got back from Disney World and I can attest that that is true. Yeah. I would, I, I for, before I left, I was angry about the idea of a fast pass line where you, if you paid a little more for your ticket, you could just skip ahead of everyone. Yeah. But then when I saw like the parents going through with their five year old kids who obviously had sun poisoning and were miserable, <laughs> I was just like, go, you have earned it. I forget. We went to, we, why weren't we talking about that too? We got to talk about you going Well, to you wanted to talk about Chef Boyardee, <sighs> didn't you? Well, I didn't. <laughs> uh, I did. Maybe we'll know. get to that next time. Um, so, so Falcor definitely registers as creepy. But I'm gonna say for the record, even when I was a kid and I and you know I watched this movie a lot, I never liked Falcor. He oh. creeped me out. Yeah, and well, I only had like, eyes for Atreyu. I, you know, I have some memory of uh, a lot of maybe not uh, Labyrinth specifically wasn't that like like a big like I, I know I saw it and I remember, have some memories of it but you know Muppets in general like I always thought they were kind of creepy like especially the bigger ones and like the when, especially like when the, they start getting fantasy, more and more the darker realistic yeah. yeah yeah so I can understand that um, but yeah I guess some people really are into it hey my car is named after him so yeah Obviously, it's holds a place in my heart. I feel like the problem with Muppets, I mean, I'm thinking of the Dark Crystal now where the Skeksis, those vulture-like characters. The problem yeah. was they were so realistic, but the people who would do the performing were still using very Muppetish voices. Right. And yeah. so there's one Skeksis who's just, he's just goes, <laughs> every time he's around, I'm like, all right, stop it. <laughs> That's too much Miss Piggy, not enough scary vulture monster. <laughs> Um, okay. So verdict. Um, I can't really, uh, I, I guess I'll have to abstain from this one. You don't have to abstain. Why would you have to abstain? Well, I didn't my, abstain from Saved by the Bell. That's true. My inner child was not an idiot oh, for right. not having watched this. Mm-hmm. But would you say our viewers, if they did love this as a child, would they be idiots? Say it. Our Ooh. listeners. I'm sorry. Say it. I don't know. It's hard for me to judge. Say I say it. the whole point is judging. Well, it's, uh, it's hard for me to judge uh, uh, without knowing how much they loved it. Um, <laughs> how much of an idiot were you? How they? much of an idiot were you? Billy uh, is so idiotic. <laughs> how idiotic is he? Well, what do you say? Well, I mean, uh, you know, how, uh, I would say how attracted to, to this 12-year-old <laughs> were you now? You creepy, um, creepy old man. You creepy 33-year-old man. <laughs> Um, I would say I, here's here. I think the the problem with the movie is it it's 
the half first half is very slow and it expects us to follow it a lot i think it's a little more especially now that i think we've sort of entered into a, a fantasy movie golden age do i want to say that mm. i feel like i mean not necessarily fantasy novels but in terms of movies being made that are fantastical we're in a good period right well, now. I won't helps, say a golden age, but we're in a yeah. good period. It helps starting the, with the Lord C- of the Rings. The CGI's are uh, CGI is much better. Sure, but I think they're also a little more special effects in general. I, I this just seems sort of like um, someone wrote scribbled down a bunch of stuff that they remember from fantasy books they read it as a kid yeah. and threw it all into a story. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, I guess that's kind of something. They just sort of kept throwing out names that never really latched on to anything. Yeah. You're like, what? And it just sort of like, it was almost like they're just throwing the the railroad tracks in front of the train. Right. Like, oh, yeah. we just need to get to the Southern Oracle. Oh, you just need to, oh, and just do this, and then just do, and then, oh, just name the princess. Right. And it's like, oh, what? What are we doing? Yeah, it's very... The- and, and it just didn't make much sense. I mean, Lord of the Rings, when you really think about it, doesn't really make much sense either. But no. there's a logic working within it that, you know, keeps everything together. Whereas this was almost like Alice in Wonderland and its ridiculous logic, but still tried to hold on to like a world building thing that Lord of the Rings does. So I don't feel like when you watch it, the first half sort of... You're just like, what's going on? But yeah. I will say that even watching it just now, the last half when Bastion sort of has his Bastion. when Bastion enters into the story, um, into into the never-ending story. I mean, where forgot he actually mention, forgot to mention that his name is also Bastion. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, he, I did get into that. I thought that was cute, and I got a little bit of hot eyes. I could see it. like as a. It's not that impactful. It wasn't that impactful for me, but I could see uh, if I were, you know, a kid, like being like, "Oh, he is part of the story. It's, right? He's important." You know, like. And his father that. told him to quit daydreaming, and he, you know, yeah. he's like, "Fuck you, dad." I mean, I mean, he didn't. That's not a line from the movie. This is this just comes probably with being an, an old curmudgeonly bastard now, but I definitely related more to the dad than the kid in that scene. Because I'm <laughs> like, he's. I, I feel like he probably could have phrased it better. Because I think <laughs> what he was saying was, you go know, go to like, fucking school, apply yourself, go to school. <laughs> you have to. You're on the grid, right? But he, you know, he said, you know, he wish you'd tried out for the swim team, which is weird. But um, it was. He, it seemed like he cared and was I just think he trying did care. to. Like, I don't think he's a bad guy, but I did. Obviously, he was hurting too because his wife's dead. That's true. You know, they're both caring in their own way <laughs> simon's trying can't you see i'm trying the other simon hasn't arrived yet to help him right that's true and raise the child as and then as it's a my two dads so that's a different guy <laughs> also had a mustache um, i don't know i feel like they i think they did in terms of movie like made gerald mccraney a little too you know, you just got to quit daydreaming, son, and keep yeah. your feet on the ground. Like, what father says that? And and also, it's weird, because I felt like the way they talked to Bastion was like he was a 15-year-old kid. Yeah. But he was clearly, like, 10. Right. I'm like, yeah. what? And first off, what swim team is he going to try out for? He's 10. <laughs> just let the really kid... really good... The fact that your kid swimmer. is reading books, shut up. Yeah, let the kid read a book. Yeah. <laughs> Quit reading books, son. I want you to be watching the nightly news. You're going to turn on the regular. Like one of those Newton type kids. (laughs) Keep reading them books. Yeah. I don't know. This one's going to be tough because for for a listener that that I know there are some people who have a really strong connection to it. And I don't think that watching it again is going to take that away. Like it's not so bad that going back to it. 
Right. I think and it, it has moments, but I don't know if it really has that many moments, really. It's not particularly funny. And the ca- yeah. characters are sort of sketchily drawn. Yeah. Oh, here's a gnome. And he has his... And he bickers with his wife a lot. And uh, there's a cute boy, but he's not really that interesting. The guy from... Uh, uh, the guy. Uh, the uh, guy from... Uh, the Oompa Loompa guy. Uh, in the newest... Uh, oh, Deep Roy. Deep Roy. Deep Roy yeah. is in it, yeah. Yeah. As one character. Which I thought was crazy. And, and dubbed over d- to like cover very his. But you could even see over. his mouth moving, and you're like, well, that guy has a strong British or a star, strong Indian accent, and yeah. whoever is talking does not. It was like, oh! So we made <laughs> he was very it expressive. Sounded like Speed Racer. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what do you think? Are, were you an idiot? Was uh, your inner child? I was not necessarily an idiot, but I wasn't necessarily a genius. I think this one was a little too pandery. I think this one was definitely... I think that rounds down to idiot, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Um, I think I was just a horny nine-year-old. I'm only an idiot in absentia <laughs> in that I didn't see it as a child. So I, I may have had... I was probably... You were probably young enough when you first saw this that it makes sense. Because I, I think the younger you were the more like you would sort of attach to oh that's kind of like a doggy that flies uh-huh. you know? whereas if you were a little bit older you might have been like i'm i don't know this movie is definitely like cotton candy for me though when i would i would watch it to the end and then immediately like i never owned it on video cassette i never have an urge to like seek it out on dvd yeah. or buy it in any format like I'll just catch it when it's on like when it came when it was here in, in during the summer at, our, at the nashville movie night we went out to see it and I'm like, all right, good. Got it. Seen it again. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks for joining us. That was your entertainment. It was a weird ending. It was a weird ending. Uh, but here we are. Well, um, I love you all. That's I, a better ending. Solid. You uh, all make my dreams come true. Mm. No? That's weird Can sign you, off. How about this as our sign off? Can you scratch this part behind my right ear? I just can't reach it. That's the spot. (laughs) Back off, creepster. Um, Thanks for joining us on Your Inner Child is an Idiot. You can follow us on Twitter at at Y-I-C-I-A-I. Yicky-A. Yicky. Yucky-I-E berry. It's a superfood. You can follow Damon at at Damon Xanth. Yeah, X-A-N-T-H. X-A-N-T-H. I'm at, at DJ Phillips. That's with two L's. You can find Damon's comic strip. Drewfordcomic.com. Drewfordcomic.com. It's very funny. Highly recommend it. You can find my music, DJPhillips.com. We're also on Facebook. You can look, look, just look us up. You're just look it idiot. up. We're um, on Instagram. Although I don't think we've ever posted. I'm no. going to take a picture of us recording. Oh, right that's now. a good idea. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, please email us also if you want. Uh, oh, yeah. Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. Let us know on any of these ways of communicating. If you'd like us to watch something, listen to something, eat some more terrible foods that, that we all love. I will kids. say, you are, haven't we both been playing Legend of Zelda, Zelda colon, the Ocarina of Time? It's an Ocarina, sir. It's an Ocarina, sir. Which is not a line from Zelda. It's no, a it's line not. from Monty Python, but still. Still, it's yes. It's an Ocarina, sir. Maybe we could do uh, an ep on that, too. What cause... if we do a Monty Python Legend of Zelda double feature? <laughs> Weird combo. Anywho. <laughs> What if I just keep talking and not really let you finish the show? Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thank you so much. Au revoir. This used to be good. (laughs) Strong.
child. It's more like man child because he makes it into at least like three syllables. <laughs> man child. And then when you realize that's what he said, you're like, I think your mom may have sucked.